Hey everybody, this is Petey from the Spin Rack, and I'm going back trying to chase some hot books, trying to find something out of my collection that I could do that's not a trade, because it's harder to do these trades and these things. So I decided to pull out not Wolverine Agent of Shield, but I'm pulling out Wolverine Enemy of the State, right? This is fairly popular, which um, got the stamp of Marvel Knights on it. To be, you know, this is well after Marvel Knights, but um, get the stamp of approval that Quesada is behind it. You know, he's pretty much running the show at this point. And um, uh, what can I say about this, right? Because it's in the issue 20, so the series was already going on. But, you know, the I think the only thing to say is Deirdre was the big success Marvel Knights. There was a couple others that came later, but um, their initial success came from the Daredevil series. The Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Punisher, all that stuff really wasn't as big. They had some stuff later. Maybe Black Widow was okay, but it was a J.G. Jones. And then, um, then they had some stuff where they were pulling Mike Muller in to do Spider-Man. There's a, a Marvel Knights Spider-Man, which I think is with... Um, with um, was it Terry and Rachel Dodson? I think they were the artists on that. And then we also have this, right? Now this firmly cemented Mark Miller as the guy. I think he's already done X Ultimate X Men, but there was a thread that was going within his work that I had to bring up. That they were um, seemingly old plots from old. Burn and Claremont interviews because it was kind of weird because I was, uh, you know, as anyone that you're reading these comic books in the back of your head, you're going to be writing the comic books, right? So you're stockpiling this, you're reading interviews, you're trying to get everything so you can kind of understand the characters more. And as like Burn, Claremont, all these guys, sometimes they throw out some ideas in these interviews where they give you some bits. And to start with, we have um, Civil War, which was a bit which we, which was Mark Miller's thing, which was a bit that uh, I think Byrne was talking about in his, um, what's that thing? It was called, um, it was in The Art of John Byrne where he was talking about it and saying there'd be a Mutants Registration Act where heroes would have to sign up, where the X-Men would be kind of against it and then the Avengers, who are like sanctioned heroes, possibly had to be, you know, make the decision. Now, Chris Claremont had played out the Mutant Registration Act a couple times, but never fully did the story. And I think they played it up in the Axe Avengers in the Fantastic Four, where um, Reed Richards fought against it. Um, Mark Miller did the Superhero Registration Act, which put all the heroes on opposite sides of the fence. And that's how we got it. So there were similarities to that. So, okay, maybe that's a little different. And then you had Ultimate X-Men, where it's a story where Wolverine is the newbie, just like the movies, but the similarity is more to the what-if story. What if, um, what if um, Wolverine killed the Hulk? In that story, Wolverine is dropped from the Canadian Secret Service and Magneto picks him up and says, I want you to inf infiltrate the X-Men. And that is the plot of Ultimate X-Men number one, right? So Enemy of State, as I like to say, is no different, right? 
So Chris Claremont, one of his big plans when he got Jim Lee on the book was that, hey, you know what should happen? Um, he pitched it to Bob Harris and said, I want to do Wolverine uh, Assassin of the Hand, right? Where I do a story where we kill Wolverine and then he's resurrected by the hand and he ultimately, you know, is a villain for like a year or so. And um, um, Bob Harris rejected it saying, well, what will, what will, um, what would Larry Hama do with this? And he said, well, you play Wolverine as a villain for a year, you know? He said, but shouldn't the, the lead book kind of lead with the, with the, um, the other series, you know, would dictate what happens in the other series? And they kind of pushed it away. But that is the basic idea of Enemy of the State, right? So we're, I mean, but at the same time, one of the good things is that Joe Quesada is a big fan of John Romita Jr., and he's putting them on um, um, really primo projects, right? When, um, I mean, John Romita Jr. was doing the X-Men in the 80s. So he was getting the royalties. He's on primo projects. He was on Spider-Man. Iron Man at that time wasn't a big title. But, you know, he got to do the premiere New Universe title, which was a bust. But at least, you know, he got the premiere of that title. He went to do Daredevil, when the, and, and that gained his footing back. And then, post that, he went back to the X-Men. So he's always been on Primo Books, but his one of the things that he wanted to do was Wolverine, right? And when he called up Frank Miller while he was doing Iron Man with John Byrne, he said, let's do a Wolverine you know, mini. And that's how we, and Frank Miller said, no, let's do, um, what's that thing? Let's do Daredevil. I got a year one story. So they did that. That was a huge success. And as a contingency, they did this series. Uh, not them, not, um, this is actually, I think it's Howard Mackey and John Romita Jr. But he did this crossover, Hearts of Darkness. And um, do they say who wrote it? I want to make sure it's Howard Mackey. But Howard Mackey was the um, Ghost Rider guy at the time. So this is the trifecta of Ghost Rider, Wolverine, and Punisher. They were the key to success in that 90s period. You could do Wolverine, you could do um, Ghost Rider, and this would lead you to your maximum numbers. At some point, it kind of dried up for Punisher and Ghost Rider, and possibly the X-Men too. But um, it's not saying, it had to be Howard Mackey, right? Okay, the back, oh yeah, so Howard Mackey was the writer of this, right? So you got to do this one shot, big crossover, big money, that sort of thing, right? So Mark Miller, I think Mark Miller, um, you know, besides Quesada wanted um, John Romita on this, I believe Mark Miller wanted um, John Romita Jr. So this was, get, you know, um, filling out that Jones that he had, right? So we, basically we have something similar where we enter, you know, we start in Japan and we have this sort of thing. And I believe, you know, we, we set the tone that Wolverine shows up, and there's this little bit of subplot that's going on. That Wolverine's going to this, um, this, you know, this little bit of subplot that's going on. And Wolverine's a little bit handsomer in this series, and um, he's not someone where you look at when John Romita's doing him in the X Men, he was keeping the face 
that he kind of sort of had, that sort of gruff look. And now he still kind of looks gruff, but he's a little more handsome, right? So he goes out this, he's going to this funeral. The art is just amazing, right? And um, they have this actual deal that goes on, right? It's classic stuff, motion and tone. And then Wolverine, the action happens. The hand comes out there. There's a ton of stuff that's happening. It's just cool. We don't, I don't want to get into any particulars. This is mainly trying to see how um, how um, they just sort of play. This kind of set the tone. I don't know if it set the tone, but Image had already pushed away from dialogue. Where you get little bits of dialogue on the side just to get you some emotion. But a lot of times when writers use a lot of dialogue in these action scenes, they're just trying to slow it up. And I think even in the Wolverine um, miniseries, the only reason why Chris Claremont didn't do a lot of dialogue when Frank Miller gave him all those open scenes because um, Chris Claremont was trying to do something similar to Miller's dialogue. Stop. Stop it. Stop. Get, get out of here. Get. Go. Don't jump up. Don't jump up. Right? So, Wolverine, of course, works, makes short work of all these guys. All the skill. He's got this, he's, you know, he's just, yeah, he's just mowing through these guys. All this classic stuff. Right? And he's still looking for the kid. Right? He's on the search. And he's just being brutal. Still pretty handsome. The hair isn't set up like it, it used to be. It's just kind of long and messy, but at the same time, someone sneaks up on him, says, nobody's that fast. The Gorgon is that fast. The Gorgon is this silent. He said, just in case you were wondering what happened to the boy, I fed him to our pigs. All right, a little bit of Claremont, get up, run. Heel, you will run heel, right? Wolverine gets it, right? And the sun, here we go. We're back to where the sun is. We realize that he's gone, and we got Kitty out here. And he's trying to obviously he's trying to find out where Wolverine is, right? And say our boy is dead, right? We have all these people that are dead. And we get, we get, um, we get Nick Fury in here. And then we get someone here that we probably recognize, right? And this is one of the series where basically the, you can see the ninjas are the top the top fighters on the planet, right? Unless Wolverine's fighting them. And they just found Wolverine in South America, right? So we actually revealed it. It's actually um, Elektra, right? Elektra's back. And um, I'm not sure how this thing is going to go, right? And there's Wolverine. They say he's not looking too good.
And then something sent him to say, kind of push him to kill somebody, right? And of course he does. Oh, goodness. So this thing is going to be a brutal book, right? And of course, for some reason, she has to take out this thing. He's here. And then we got, that's our start, right? So you got Miller, Romita, Junior, and Jansen, right? So this is a big fight in the, in the, um, basically, in these types of stories, you know, the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents are cannon fodder. You're not going to get much story out of this. You're just going to get some cool fights. And he just mows through that. But of course, he can't mow down Elektra because, you know, it's, she's a character that she, actually, ultimately she should. But since they're both ninjas, they kind of even out. The same thing they do when Wolverine fights the Punisher. When that sh actually shouldn't happen, right? So then she finds a way to kind of slow him down. Then, of course, this is one of the bits that happened in this story where Wolverine is stopped, but then something else happens to help him out, right? And this is a, this is an explosion on the ship, and then Wolverine is free to react. Nice try. She stops him again. She's a little bit faster than he is, but then at the same time, the water comes in, right? So, of course, that's helping him get free. Get off of this, um, right? And this is just really nice, dramatic stuff. Where you basically don't even need to read the story. It's just nice and clean. Um, ultimately, you, sh you know, I mean, yeah, I don't think it's just the right amount of dialogue. It's just cool and fun, him having this. You throw in these sharks, which um, I don't know if Wolverine's fast enough to deal with sharks. But he has the claws to help himself out. But yeah, look at this. Oh my goodness, right? And then they're playing, you know. Basically, they've now figured out that Wolverine is, um, you know, in somebody's hand and, and someone's controlling him, right? So basically, he's going to be a little terror throughout the rest of this thing. And then the Baxter buildings here, and nice rain scenes, some really nice effects. You know, they have a shield somehow on this. But of course, somehow Wolverine got in here. Now, this would be cool if Wolverine... They're going to reveal something else that's going on here, which kind of throws the plot, you know, kind of throws the plot to the left, right? That I struggle with. But we have Wolverine versus the Fantastic Four, right? And this is something I've been wanting um, John Romita to do, and he's only done maybe a couple things with the FF. He's done one, one shot. They've been in the... The Hulk thing, but we get to see that. We get Johnny working on a car, Ben and him having a little bit of his banter. This is kind of a 
throw to Kirby's um the what's the name? The Whiz Wagon with that and we have Morlon, the bad guys that have Wolverine in their control, right? So that's the basic premise which you can see and they have connected it's almost similar to um <laughs> to um the Armor Wars too, but let's keep going, right? So they're doing all these scientific studies, Reed's checking on this stuff, and they're going, and then, of course, what usually happens with the, the Baxter building is everyone's able to sneak in there with no problem, except for a couple times when Byrne was doing it, where he finally put a security system that's able to stop people, right? And he realized it's been hacked, right? So they're trying to get something out of the Baxter building, and... They here, there we go. We get him. Should be over with, right? But the problem is, he's utilizing the, he's utilizing the the Baxter building to his advantage, right? He's talking and using the stuff that's in there, and that's really a little too wacky, right? So it gives him. It's almost giving him another power, right? Instead of which is wacky to me. So this is like, all right. We've had a fight between them on the X-Men versus the Fantastic Four mini between Wolverine and Ben. But here we have a fight that's going on. Ben, you know, this is just real dynamic. It's going well. And this one have a storytelling moment that always kind of crushes these stories because um, John Romita Jr. is like one of the best storytellers, right? That he stabs Ben... And then Ben, he just stabs him in the shoulder, and he's down on the floor. <laughs> like, what happened? All right, that's not enough to take out Ben, right? So he's going about his business. Then, of course, they have Reed. So Reed gets it here. He makes himself so pliable that he can't be cut. But then Wolverine is teleporting. So it's like... <sighs> so it gives him another power, Right? So that is the flaw of the series, but it makes it a little more dynamic, right? Because Wolverine can basically win now. He can't be held in the cage. It can't stop him. This right here, like... Uh, this is um, shades of when Eric Larson was doing Wolverine, where Wolverine was the toughest guy and could fight anybody. There's nothing in Wolverine's warehouse, even his healing factor that could help him survive fighting with the Human Torch, right? Just doesn't work, right? So Johnny survives, Wolverine gets away, but you actually realize it's Baron Strucker, right? So you get some cool callbacks to some great characters. I'm not sure how I'm, how I'm going to get through all this in time, right? We're definitely not getting to Wolverine Agent Shield. We're just going to have one tidbit about that, right? So yeah, I'm just getting to the action. We're not going to get to this story because it's... Alright, so he survives the fight. Actually does pretty well against the Fantastic Four. Which most people do when they visit the Baxter building somehow. With all this tech stuff, they can get hacked and not figure it out. Alright. And... They realize Hydra's involved. Right. I think Electra, this is kind of shades of um, 
what's that thing of the Daredevil series? What if, what if um, Daredevil was a uh, agent of Shield and we had Hydra being involved and whatnot? So we have all this cool stuff here, and then of course, normal shades of um, Electro lives again. Then we have another big fight with some with some cannon fodder ninjas, just to show you how cool she is, which is always fun, right? Cup of Joe, which we won't rereading. And then we got all this cool stuff, right? Then this had the big showdown. No, this isn't gonna be a big showdown yet, right? So we got through it. Did we? We get the X-Men, they're starting to try to figure out where Wolverine is too, right? So and Morlun comes back. And Captain America even joins in there, but they're not figuring out what's going on with Wolverine. So they got him butchering all these people. Alright. And this is coming to the wackiest part of the story yet. Oh, they come and Wolverine comes to Daredevil. But you have to remember that Daredevil is a ninja also. So it won't be easy for him to take him out, right? So we have I think two more issues. How long are we at? We're 21 minutes. We're doing good, guys. All right. So yeah, this is a good one just to explore the visuals, right? So we got that to him. Pulls out his claws. Remember, Daredevil is ninja, so it's equal strength, right? But at the same time, oh, Electra movie too. Right there, bang. Looks can kill, right? So she does a shot, which helps Matt Murdock get his opening, right? And of course he dodges all the bullets. He grabs a sword. He's doing this stuff. He's not someone that's going to, but then Morlin shows up, right? But Electra's ready. She shoots from behind. And Morlin is dodging bullets while she's taking out more things. It's just a big, nice action story. This is still in gorgeous art. I still get takeoff points for a couple of things. Teleporting and hacking into the system. But um, yeah, here we go. Wolverine wasn't fast as Morlin. We have Electra ready to, to handle business. Daredevil's still handling business also. And he's using all of his skill to take out the rest of these guys. And um, obviously, John Romita Jr. knows how to handle um, the Devil too. Now, this is where you get your maximum John Romita Jr. doing a sort of character doesn't fly and not that too many characters. I mean, he used to do the millions of characters, but it just seemed better with Sima with a little bit of characters, and you can just get this cool sort of fight scenes, right? You can see Daredevil's kind of able to, you know, not get hit by the claws. Don't forget that. Oh, sweat. In this part where he doesn't gut him, he should have, is kind of, I don't know, he's not showing any sort of resistance. Right, so, oh no, he hit him with the thing, 
Take those back. But Moreland. Our agents, which may, may or may not have been killed, murdered, but it doesn't matter now. So now he's kind of giving it to Electra, right? Because this is the big bad guy in this story, you know. And oh my good, he takes out Electra, right? And Wolverine's been stabbed. Looks like it's through the heart. So, ah. Uh, oh no. Something bad is going to happen, you know. This, all this plan was to go after the president, right? He's telling the whole story, supposedly. But Wolverine, once again, is teleported out of there, right? No, no. Here we go with Electra again. So we get to our last thing. It's not going to matter because ultimately the events that happen in this story is forgotten when we get to the next one, Right? So we get into Xavier's thing. I think this is. Oh, this is supposed to be Kitty. Looks like Jean. Right? It's hard. I can't really tell who these people are. And it's Rachel. The other Rachel. Yeah, I don't know. This is kind of tough. When X-Men can't really tell who these characters are. And then we have Wolverine, he takes off, we got the, the movie effects, the Cerebro, that sort of thing is thrown in there, right? And then we get um, Jarmita Jr., his style of Iron Man, which is kind of blocky, which is always cool. And it gets her to do a thing. Sorry, we're not getting any heavy sort of things, I haven't read this one in a long time. We're just going for the visuals, which is cool. And it seems like um, Mark Miller's doing the, you know, some economy of dialogue, which is not that. So Rachel's able to do her thing and kind of push back. But all the X-Men are ready to kind of join in here. So it's going to be a big romp fight with the X-Men now, all right? Get all these truth, bad ads. Sorry about the bad truth ads, guys. And then, of course, Wolverine is using... Oh, God... Just so nuts. But it's visually strong. I gotta give it to him. Utilizing the, the um man. Went through the mansion with the Blackbird. Right? So the X-Men is going out there. And just messing up everything. Right? Shield agents, they gotta take down some more shield agents. Hits Havoc. Oh my goodness. How can you hit Havoc's power? Sorry. Oh my goodness. He's taking out, then that's the thing, teleporting and taking out the X-Men where the X-Men aren't working together. Ultimately, I'm not with North Star being on the team. So, um, goes after Kitty Pride. 
this is a speedster. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you're just the lowest common denominator who to kill, but it doesn't work for me. But anyway, let's keep going. All right? Then Cyclops and Kitty take him, but he gets teleported away. But then they've already stopped everyone who he was going to go to. And they said, heal this, right? And then the oddest part of the story for me, when he realized that North Star is dead, their plans are ruined, but they're going to have a backup plan, right? And then Nick Fury says the nuttiest thing ever. We got our little killer machine back, and then we get to um, Wolverine, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? So, there's some ups and downs, but visually, this is, you know, this, I had to buy it. I had some issues with this, had some issues with the fight here, but this one, I can't really say too much besides gorgeous art. I think um, Jim Valentino and Rob Liefeld did the Wolverine What If, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So it's one of those things where all the What Ifs were becoming real. You know, Bucky becoming... Um, um, Captain America, stuff like that. So, um, here, we just got a romp. So I'm going to get back to try to get some hot books in here instead of not just the stuff that I, I love. Because I already gave you the Giant Man thing. And hopefully you guys suffered through the art with the great story. It's kind of hard to do a video about a great story when you have the art that you can struggle through. But this one, you get to do just visuals, which is really cool, right? Storytelling is pretty clean, except for the shot where the thing falls out. He has his fainting spell. And um, maybe at some point we'll do this series. But this turned into the thing where everyone becomes Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. We had She-Hulk, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., possibly um, Squirrel Girl, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was just something that became cliche. So I have to give credit where credit is due. Um, they already had um, Rob Liefeld and um, who's that? Rob Liefeld and Jim Valentino. Jim Valentino and Rob Liefeld did it first. So I guess that's about it. Spin the rack out.